This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Pedersen on the back check, trying to get to it. Lowry sends it for, for Shifley, who scores the hat-trick goal. Into the empty net, Mark Shifley makes it 4-2 Jets in the final minute of the third period. We started to focus a little bit too much on defense and not on offense at all. Breakaway for Kyle Connor, behind the defense to the forehand, and Delia stuck with him, stopped him with the right pad. Colin Delia comes up big. He's not the, the prettiest goalie sometimes out there, but he stops pucks and he competes, and that's all you really want. Yeah, that's it, Milhouse. Keep up the chatter. Hello, good morning. Welcome to Friday. Last Friday on the calendar for the 2022 calendar season. New Year's tomorrow on a Saturday night, too. Uh Uh-oh, I'm staying home. Good morning, everybody listening across the Sportsnet radio network. Uh, Throughout British Columbia, a vast network of stations, and across Canada as well on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Brooke Ward with you in for Halford and Bruff this morning. They're back on Tuesday as they cruise through the end of 2022 and into 2023. Dan O'Connor with this riding shotgun here as well, and A-Dog Andy Cole barking up a storm here on a Friday. All of us part, and I haven't asked the other guys their opinion, but all part, of course, of the uh, JT Miller fan club. We're big about that here at uh, 650. Of course, this is only my third day. So what do I know? A.C. is with us. That's Andy Cole. He's A-Dog. And we've got Dan O'Connor with us riding shotgun, as mentioned as well. Hello, Dan. Oh, good morning to you, my friend. Good morning, gentlemen. And welcome to the, uh, I guess, the second to last day of 2022. And um, uh, a little more of a grumpy morning, I suppose, than the previous two, given the uh, the aftermath of the Canucks' effort last night in Winnipeg. But um Happy early New Year to both of you and and to our faithful listener or or many listeners that we have uh, over the course of this morning show. Uh, exciting show lined up for our final show together, Brooke, for for a while anyway. And no, it's just awesome to be connected with you guys again. Maybe forever, as far as we know. We're just yeah. booked for today, man. We're not booked for anything moving forward. You play, you know, we're in a day to day contract, basically. You and I, and this is the final day, Dan. Well, and, and you know what? You, you and I have some work to do today to, to, to try, kind of like the NBA. You know how they have like the 10-day contracts? Well, we, we've got the three-day contract. We're just working, grinding away, trying to extend ourselves for, for maybe three more days together down the road. We're called up from UBC when the Canucks had a goaltender issue and they had no one else to play, so they brought us both in. And we are the Chris Levesque of the uh, of the sporting atmosphere here in Vancouver. I have met him, by the way, and he's probably still a chef, but he was a chef down at Local, the uh, fine establishment at Kitsilano I used to go to all the time, and he was a chef down there. And that's what he did post-playing career. I imagine he the food was good, so he must know what he's doing. So Chris Levesque has moved on, yet still available for selection if the Canucks need him, I understand, Dan, as well. And uh, Andy Cole, good morning to you. The end of uh, another calendar year faces us, my brother. Thank you so much for putting up with Dan and I. Dan, oh, Dan my in, pleasure. Dan in particular over the last <laughs> three days. 
but I'm in the mix. But uh, what'd you have for dinner? I I had steak and eggs last night, as we talked about yesterday. Steak and eggs, all right. I did oh, have steak and eggs. Dinner. Yeah, it wasn't as as enjoyable as I thought. You oh, were shocker. You were right. That's I don't know if it's a shocker. But it was good, but you're right, Andy had said yesterday, that's kind of a breakfast thing. Don't have steak and eggs. Should have had ham and eggs or something for dinner. There you go. Yeah. yeah or I mean, just that, don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do <laughs> it. Avoid it altogether. I don't know. Omelet, anything like that. It was good, but yeah, it just didn't mix as well as it seems if you're having a Caesar or something like that in the mm. morning with a steak and eggs. You had a good night, Andy? Well, you know, other than watching the Canucks game, it wasn't bad. I sat down at my hockey game pizza and... Watched the Canucks take on the Jets, and uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, the most enthralling affair, and uh, obviously, like many, was not super impressed with J.T. Miller towards the end of the game, And uh, but I thought Colin Delia played really well, and yeah. so I mean, I guess there's a silver lining in all of that, but uh, yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't a super exciting, fun game to watch, from a Canucks perspective. I believe you and uh, Dano had suggested the Canucks would win. You even picked a score, 4-3 overtime. In I did. I thought, I thought they'd do it. I thought they'd mm. continue on the win streak, but uh, nope. When it was 3-2 and the Canucks scored the Garland goal with like 6.49 left, I thought, hey, Andy, could be, they're probably yeah. going to tie this. I, I clipped it just in case, but oh, alas. Man. Anyway. <laughs> but I believe it was me, Dan O'Connor, who said, nah, I feel the Jets win, but that wasn't far on a limb. It was seven in a row on the road for the Canucks, Dan, so that's not going to continue forever. They'd won three in a row. The Jets had lost three in a row. I was, pl- I was doing analytics, Dan O'Connor, and basically it came up with it should have been a Jet wing last night. Yeah, and, and I mean, it was it was sort of the top guns of the Winnipeg Jets that were that, that sort of rude the day, really. I mean, when you sort of look at the contributions made by Pierre Luc Dubois, a couple of points from for Josh Morrissey before he got hurt, uh, the hat trick from Mark Shifley, and uh, you know what? If I was looking to hire a find a a pitcher, the the, the Cy Young winner, perhaps uh, in the NHL this season, Mark Shifley might be my guy. I know he's got 23 goals and and I think only about eight assists. So 23 and eight on the season. Uh, he's probably the early favorite for the Cy Young. Bo has been always flirting with that yes, as well. Yes, good and, call. And May by the end of the year, because he might go 50 and 20 or something like that. Well, we'll call him 40 and 20, but we'll see. 40 and 30. Well, I guess the Canucks would take it. But, uh, yeah, Shifley with a hat trick last night, a, a penalty shot goal by Dubois as well, and I'm with you. I thought Delia played well. We're going to get into more of that as we cruise on through the morning. Coming up on the program today, Brady Henderson, ESPN Seahawks. We'll talk what's going on with the Hawks, who have two games left and are still alive. Michael Dick, the head coach of the Vancouver Giants, going to join us later in the program, too. The Giants are in Victoria tonight, just head back-to-backs against the Royals at the LEC on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Moj! Moj! I haven't interviewed Moj, I don't know, ever. Today's the day. Moj! Coming on at 8 o'clock this morning. And it's Ask Us Anything Friday. If you want to get your Ask Us Anythings in early to the Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. You can ask us anything all morning long. Moj loves his food questions. The the listeners know this already. Load this up. if, If any listeners... Pepper Moj with a good food question. Make sure you ask him, and, and Moj always appreciates I it. I see what you did there. Pepper. Oh, you like that? Moj. I didn't. Yeah. I, 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 was nice. I'm not as clever as I sound. I was an accident, yes. but he, I should take credit for it anyways. He, he can be salty at times, <laughs> uh, <sighs> but I, you know, I like wah, wah. the aroma. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, are we done? Yeah. Uh, anyway, and uh, ask him about steak and eggs as well. We'll talk to Moj about that. Anyway, ask us anything. The Inbox presentation of Dunbar Lumber, 650. 
650. We come your way live from the Kintech studio, and it's time now for what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? You missed that? Well, Mr. O'Connor, what happened to me, among other things, is I don't know if I need to oversell this or not, but J.T. Miller needs to try decaf. I mean, he had a, his a, a, a mini tantrum, I'm going to call it, on the ice again last night. We've seen some before. We saw him earlier this year when he got into it almost nose-to-nose skating off the ice with Luke Shen and arguing back and forth. That was earlier this year where I'm, you can't do that on the ice, JT. Take it into the room because you're doing it in front of everybody and it creates things like this, media fodder, fan fodder. But to me last night, it wasn't just JT Miller trying to coach the Canucks and pull the goalie before Boudreaux wanted to and yelling back at him. It wasn't just that, as some people are saying. Not the first time JP tried to pull a goalie Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, yelling back at the goal, but once he got behind the net and slammed his stick on the back of the net, just as Delia was leaving the pipes. To me, it embarrassed Delia a little bit. I mean, it put something on Delia, put something on Boudreaux, and it looked bad. It's not just that he tried to pull him, but once you get to the net and tantrum him or slamming your stick on the back, that becomes some highlight reel stuff, Dan. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think that certainly this uh, catching you know the tail end of the uh, of, of the post game show last night with Sat Vic and and IMAC even before this show started this morning they they were talking about this very thing and uh, I mean I I think I'm sort of teetering on the side of IMAC a little bit on this where that this does not come as a major surprise to me based on just sort of what. We've come to learn from JT Miller just as far as his passion for the game, I suppose, would be the the politically correct word to use. You know, the the fiery way that he plays the game, the fiery way he wants to win. I think that mentality is sort of what has endeared himself to this fan base and what has sort of allowed him, I think, to sort of take himself from a perennial 50-point guy into like that 70, 80, 90-point threshold. But... I mean, this this sort of comes back to the sense of, okay, JT, it's one thing for you to slam your stick in disgust at your goaltender, but you know what? If you look at your last nine games and you've got two goals and two assists to show for your last nine games, um, I mean, I know stats aren't everything, and I know that it's it's certainly more to his game than just, hey, how many goals did you get? How many assists did you get? But... You know, not exactly in prime shape to, you know, complain about the decisions of others at, at this point in time. So, yeah, probably not the best thing to do. Uh, pick your timing a little bit better in a in a not-so-public forum. But um, is is JT slamming his stick because he, he wants a little more urgency from his goaltender? Uh, is it the end of the world to me? No, but... Yeah, man, I, I think it was just sort of one of these things where when it, it, it's a whole lot different probably if, if the result of the game changes, but in this case, a 4-2 loss and, and everything just sort of gets magnified after the fact and just the poor timing of this for JT Miller has the fan base uh, seething a little bit this morning. Some people are, some people aren't, of course, and that's why I don't want to over make overkill of the topic, but it is a topic and uh, because it's a visual as well, the same thing as the thing with Shen earlier this year. I just find JT, like I love him on the ice. 
And I want that fire and the feistiness in my hockey player. And there are many, if you were going to say, who do you want, JT or Horvat? you have to pick one. Some might say, well, I'll take the fire, the feistiness, the fire that JT brings to the game. I'm not inside that locker room, though. I don't know who's well-liked, who isn't. If I got some guy going through the locker room, throwing a stick around and slamming it and yelling at people, that's a whole different thing inside the locker room. I don't know what's going on in there, if anything. But the optics of him to me, Dan, of just – if this was somebody else from a Canuck fan base as well, and he's getting some heat from some Canuck fans and others not so much. But if someone on the opposing team had done this, I'd be sitting there going, are you kidding me? Like – exposing potentially your coach for not calling the goaltender at that time, well, slamming your stick on also the Also, JT Miller, like, he's brutal oh. in his own zone. Delia probably sees Miller, hasn't even exited the zone yet, so Delia's like, I'm not leaving the net. You haven't even exited the zone yet. Secondly, it's JT Miller. He's want to turn the puck over in his own zone frequently. So, I mean, Delia probably, he's like, okay, I've watched the tape, bud. You're not exactly the most stable player in your own zone. I'm not going to just expose the empty net here when you haven't even left it yet. You might turn it over and they score in the empty net. I look like an idiot. So, I mean, it's just, I didn't, as soon as Miller did, I'm like, what are you doing, bud? Like, let the coach do his job. You do yours. Get out of the zone first and stop barking at the goalie who's bailed you out all evening. Well, Delia is so new here, I don't find him necessarily the position. Like, he'd know about Miller, but it's kind of like he's in a no-man's land here. I got this guy. He's got an A on his jersey. Just got He's a big man on campus in the room. I've seen him yelling at other people. He's here slamming his stick behind me and yelling at me to go. Meanwhile, Delia is looking at the bench to the guy who actually coaches the team, and he's getting a stop sign from Boudreaux because JT Miller's in his own end with yeah. the puck. So Ridiculous. if I'm Delia, you're yelling, yelling at me, JT. The coach is giving me a stop sign. Delia was looking there at the coach at the bench. Do you want me to go? And yeah. then finally, it's like, hey, you may as well go. I saw Mike McKenna on Twitter, former NHL goalie, friend of the station. Of course, he's on our shows all the time. And, uh, yeah, he tweeted as well. He's like, come on, this is ridiculous. Like, Delia's not going to leave his net when you haven't left your own zone yet. What are you doing? Let the coach do his mm-hmm. job. You do your job. It, it's just, it was a bad look by Miller. I get the fieriness. I get the passion. I like that in Miller. I think that's one of his best attributes. But in that moment, like, come on, man, control yourself a little bit. It just, it's, it's a bad look. Unless it, and it was not a drawn up play to Dan, and I'll get off this topic in a moment anyway, but I mean, it's not a, uh, it's not a drawn, if it was a drawn up play, I'm going to rag the puck. Delia should know this play. He sees me now coming in the blue line, jet to the bench. We've drawn this up. We've talked about it before. Then I can see him, and I still don't. I, I still don't say slamming your stick on top of the net like that is uh, acceptable. Uh, but if it was a drawn-up play, and I know what Miller was thinking at least, but apparently it wasn't a drawn-up play. I know what he was thinking. Okay, I got it here. You go. We'll get six guys in the ice, and we'll rush up like we're on a power play. But uh, a, if uh, I'm Delia, I haven't seen this play. I just got here, and you're Boudreaux telling him don't go. I don't need Miller slamming his stick in behind it. It's a just a bad look, and it's hard to like him, frankly, Dan. Although I like the fire and it, fi, feistiness in him, but what I don't like about Boudreaux or about uh, Miller is the fact that he does stuff like that blatantly that can, in effect, embarrass your teammate. Uh, the the text line all over this this morning, the Dunbar Lumber text line. Now, uh, Dan from Van, uh, when you care in the moment. It happens. Called fire, something lacking on this team. It's as big as you guys make it. Yeah, fair. I I mean, I I think obviously you're going to look and and magnify this a little more due to the fact that it was, you know, a 4-2 loss on the road in a a game that really, I think, would have had everybody feeling even better about the the, the state of affairs anyway heading into the new year. But, um, 
you know, then, then you know, you sort of read up from, from what some of the others are saying. I mean, Surrey Ryan with uh, Kessler had the same fire on the ice that JT has, mm. but Kessler never belittled a teammate on the ice ever. Plus, he was uh, great I mean, in his that, own zone. Kessler was a, sure, an incredible... He was a selkie trophy winner, yeah. right. Like, JT Miller doesn't have the right to do that. Kessler had the right because he was one of the best players on the team frequently. He was responsible in his own zone. Goalies trusted him back there. JT Miller is none of those things. If Boudreau was waving Delia over, then Delia goes. Whether Whoever's got the puck at his own end. Obviously, he wasn't. And you're Delia, well, the, the coach over there is the guy who played me. JT, you're not the coach who didn't play me. So I'm going to wait until the coach tells me it's a good time to go. And apparently Boudreau did not read the play either from J.T. Miller of, hey, I'm ragging the puck so you can go and we can get six guys out on the ice. But uh, anyway, it is, you know, it does get bigger when the media makes things out of this. That's true. I will say that to Dan. But Dan's also piling on. Dan, yourself, your text to us has us talking about it as well <laughs> because you piled on and sent the text, my brother. So I've never seen, let's put it this way, I've never seen anybody else do that. Never mind yelling at the player. I'm, I'm back to, okay, whatever. You're yelling, go, go, go. Uh, I've seen that before, that type of thing, shall we say. But behind the net and slamming your stick on the neck for the goaltender, too, and getting ma- and get going. I've never seen anyone do that. I'm sure it's happened. I've just never seen that before the game. That's what makes it a point as well. And you're right, the uh, inbox is uh, hopping here. Next time, uh, JT's in a bit of a slump. I'm guessing he's frustrated with himself. He's also got to stop himself from doing that stuff. I don't think he ever will. That ever will fully happen, Torgi says as well. And it's the passion in this guy. So we've got more of this as we cruise on through the morning, I am sure. Uh, Do you have what happened on your end, Dan? I got more what happens. Yeah, I've got a couple of things here to uh, two quick ones from me. Uh, what a what an encore from Connor Bedard in the World Juniors. Uh, seven points uh, against Germany in an 11-2 win on December 29th. Oh, nothing follows it up with six more in an 11 nothing win for Canada over Austria. Now, the result of that game was never going to be in question. We knew Canada was going to to win that game. Uh, but what Connor Bedard has now done is is he has registered 14 points in the span of three games, and, and he's sort of in inching ever closer to the elite company of Eric Lindros, Wayne Gretzky, and and others, uh, Yarmer Yager, who have all sort of you know, put up just some gaudy statistics in their under 18 season. So um, the legend just continues to grow with Connor Bedard. And then the other thing that I'll, I'll slide in there quickly, Brooke, that had me sort of intrigued last night a little bit. Uh, the New York Rangers healthy scratched Alexi Lafreniere and the first overall draft pick from a couple of drafts ago, um, Safe to say, I think that his transition to the NHL has been up and down, to say the least. I mean, you know, you, you sort of look at the impact of, of previous first overall picks, you know, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. Um, I, I realize those are probably exceptions, uh, just given how talented they are. But, um, you know, Alexi Lafreniere this season in 36 games with the New York Rangers, five goals. 17 points, and he's healthy scratched. Um, This isn't the first time for him, but you have to think with the New York Rangers being in their window to win, is Alexei Lafreniere a player that a team 
oh, I don't know, maybe located in Vancouver. Is is he a starting point in a in a Bo Horvat trade? Is Alexei Lafreniere potentially on the move if the Rangers are going to go out and maybe get a guy like Patrick Kane at the deadline? Uh, you'd have to think that the the attention of the NHL was certainly piked yesterday when Alexi Lafreniere was scratched from the New York Rangers lineup. Well, Twitter was a buzz about that last night, and things got rocking. What did he have? Tannish. Uh, this is third year too. Like ten goals or so the first year, twenty the second year, and then on pace for ten or or twelve or so this year. I find the Rangers. I'm not giving up on him, but yes, he hasn't come flying into the league. And first overall draft picks don't always do that. But it is amazing, Dan, too, over the years when you do hype some of these guys up sometimes and they just don't. The Gilbert Brulés of the world who just don't make it in the National Hockey League, even though they're highly hyped. But Dard, on the other hand, you know, still a guy who's only 17. Is he getting bigger as well in the next two or three years? Is he still growing? Will he get bigger? Will size at all be an issue for Bedard in the National Hockey League? Uh, I don't know about that, but he sure looks like the blue chipper. Lafreniere for J.T. Miller, one for one. Let's, let's make it happen. Let's go, guys. <laughs> uh, <I'm not. laughs> well, Who you clear cap no? room. I don't know if Lafreniere ever does anything, but you clear your cap room. Yeah. And some people are, if you had to pick Bo over, who are you going to want? Bo, whatever the Canucks do. They well, I don't know who's their... picking Miller over Bo at this point. Obviously, they you know, recency bias. You'd want to go for your one of the best scorers in the league. I'm more, I'm more emotionally attached to Bo than I am to to Miller too. And Miller doesn't help himself with his demeanor at times. I get, by the way, I don't mind the fact that he is surly in interviews as some people don't like that, but surly in interviews after the Canucks lose less surly after they win, but surly when they lose, he hates to lose. Be surly. I hate to lose. Do I have to do this interview? Do you know what you're getting? You're going to get a guy who hates to lose in this interview, but some of the stuff and it's two or three times a year. It's, that's enough for me to go, just stop doing that uh, to your teammates as well on the ice last night. Uh, also, what happened, guys, and this was at just after we left the air yesterday, but our first crack at it, we should make sure we fit in that Pele passed away. Nine, was he 92 years, 82? A- 82, Thank I believe. Yeah. 82, yes. 82 years of age for Pele, and uh, one of the all-time legends in all of sport who played at Empire Stadium back in the 1970s with the New York Cosmos against the original Vancouver Whitecaps of the North American Soccer League. Uh, Dan Pele has left us, and uh, if people don't know who he is or didn't know who he was, you know now because the television has been flooded with tributes and highlights to this guy. You see what he could do. I mean, one of those personalities in sports where whether you follow sports passionately you know to the to the nth degree or or whether you are just the most surface level fringy sports follower uh or, or even if you if you're just in a chances are you've heard of Pele uh, I mean he his his legend is is that wide and certainly you'd see the tributes on on Twitter and and no doubt the the nation of Brazil will be in mourning to to lose such a a legend but um obviously the impact that he had on the pitch with with all of the goals he scored the only player to ever be a part of three World Cup championships um and and obviously just the the legacy that he has left in in the great game of football is um is being celebrated and rightfully so with the passing of of soccer's greatest legend yeah, which uh, I never saw him play, and I mean, I was around when he played 
at Empire. And I can't remember what the hype would have been with him coming to town back then. I don't know if they sold the place out. I, I know nothing of that. I was of age when I should, and I was paying attention to the Whitecaps, but I wasn't paying that much attention. Okay, the Cosmos, who were the New York Yankees of the North American Soccer League at the time, too. They had all these big stars, Beckenbauer and Pele and all these guys on their squad. You knew of them, but man, I wish I'd gotten out there to uh, to see him as a as a teenager anyway, I would have been to see Pele play on that horrible carpet out there at Empire Stadium. I, these days, legends would not uh, agree to show up on a carpet like that. But uh, it just brings to mind the legends you've seen, the legends you've met over the years. If you want to hit me on the inbox with that too at 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line, what legend stands out to you that has meant a ton to you that you went to see play wherever? Could be Gordie Howe, could be anything, could be Sid the Kid for all I know. Uh, the uh, legends you've seen that mean a lot to you, moments of I saw that guy play or I met that person. I was in uh, years ago, I used to drive before the radio career, I used to work for a car rental agency driving cars back and forth from the airport to a place called Dominion U-Drive, a number three road in Richmond. And we would clean the cars and take them back up to the airport. You did that all day for 12 hours. Some suggest, I'm sure, that I should still... I've never left that job. But still, I saw Wilt Chamberlain walking through the middle of the airport out there. Look, it's freaking Wilt Chamberlain walked through. That was a brush with greatness for me. I said hello to him. He did not reply, but it was still a moment. Uh, Michael Bublé and all these guys have had the chance to meet over the years. Really cool. How about you? Who have you met? Who have you seen? What legends of the sporting world, you could throw entertainment world at me too, have you seen, and I'll ask Dan and uh, Andy Cole this on the other side as well, that jump out at you over the years. And it is Ask Us Anything Friday, the Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. We'll throw those in as we cruise through the morning as well. Brooke Ward, Dan, angry typer O'Connor with us. A Dog is with us. A Cole, AC, we're all here coming back in just a moment. This is the Halford and Bruff Show. Everything you want from a morning show except Halford and Bruff. This is Sportsnet 650. Oh, wow. I can't believe my very first passenger is comedy legend Mel Brooks. <laughs> I love that movie. Young Frankenstein scared the hell out of me. Um, thanks. You're listening to the best of the day. I say you you the best. And Bruff. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thirty-two minutes past six a.m. on the thirtieth of December of twenty twenty-two. We just run this music through the whole under under us to loop it. For the next two and a half hours. Just forever? Oh, yeah. It's like an NBA game. While we're dribbling up the court, you're just playing some tunes. Yeah. I can dig it. It uh, covers up a lot of glitches. This is true. Music makes everything sound better. Well, maybe not everything. Anytime, Most things. Anytime you want, man. Till the boys get back. There are no rules here. There's well, no I, rules when they're here, right? No. It's actually less chaotic right now, I'd say. You look much more relaxed than I usually see you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's been a pleasure, sir. I doubt that very much, but thanks for saying that. Andy Cole, AC. Hey, dog. Brushes with greatness. They're starting to pile into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Keep them coming, love, as I think 
Casey and the Sunshine Band once say. Uh, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. We're in the Kintech Studio, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Mr. O'Connor, brushes with greatness. We segue away from J.T. Miller and his anger issues for a couple of moments here. Uh, brushes with greatness. You and I, though, you meet a lot of people traveling as you've traveled yeah. a lot in your time with the Prince George Cougars doing play-by-play, Vancouver Giants as well, out at UBC now as well. Brushes with greatness. Anyone that really dazzles you that you've seen? Two that quickly come to mind that, sorry, that sort of stand out above the rest. Number one for me, um, it would have been in 2012, I got to go and pick up Brett the Hitman Hart from the Prince George Airport. Wow. Uh, he was coming to Prince George as part of a, just a weekend promotion and um, just sort of being right place, right time, I guess. The GM of the of the team at the time, Dallas Thompson, said, hey, well, Daniel, what, why don't you go get him from the airport? And he, so there I am in my 2009 Pontiac G5 coupe. <laughs> Uh, probably wasn't vacuumed, <laughs> probably hadn't been washed in a while, but... Uh, well, neither had know, Bret Hart. B- B- Bret Hart had gone from limos and, and Escalades to, to a Pontiac Coupe, but um, yeah, got got to share a car ride with, with the legend himself. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. It was a really uh, really interesting 20 minutes where I, I just sort of got to ask him a little bit about his career and memorable matches and things. And then the other one that comes to mind, and, and I'm not the only one because there's a couple in the inbox here, or at least one other one in the inbox that, that mentions this this individual. But when I was living in Saskatchewan and really first starting to cut my teeth in the industry, the first ever guest on my radio show that I had created was the late Mr. Hockey himself, Gordy Howe. And you know what? I was 22 years old. I was sitting in our studio just trembling with nerves, uh, thinking to myself, you can look like an idiot in front of your boss. You can look like an idiot in front of your parents, but just don't look like an idiot in front of Mr. Hockey uh, when you when you address you know the one of the greatest hockey personalities, may, maybe if not the greatest hockey personality to ever live. Uh, we had a wonderful interview together, and then the coolest thing for me was after the tape had stopped, after we had we had done the official part. We spoke for 20 more minutes, and all he wanted to do was just hear about my career, wow. hear about my transition to you know small town Saskatchewan, and um, I'll, I'll never forget my 40 minutes with Mr. Hockey Gordy Howe. He's a kid out of Saskatchewan too, isn't he? Very much so, yeah. yeah. So so he grew up in Floral, Saskatchewan, which is just outside of Saskatoon and, and North Battleford where I was living at the time was was really close to there. So he, he certainly was, was familiar with where I was and uh, I'm sure he had played some, some minor hockey in the Battleford's area growing up. So yeah, two two brushes with greatness for me that I will forever cherish. Andy Cole, brushes with greatness, my brother. Other than me and Dan O'Connor, you can't wear that doesn't count. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? I don't have anything as cool as Dan's story. Uh, no, nothing instantly jumps. But you don't have to. Who could? Nothing instantly jumps to mind for me. That that made me go, wow, This I can't believe I'm interviewing this guy. I mean, Well, even seen or brushes with greatness. Well, I mean, or- the, the only thing that, like, I guess as a kid, I remember the first time I saw Wayne Gretzky in person at a, at a game, watching a Canucks game. Just it, it, that felt very surreal, just because he seemed so larger than life to me as an you know an eight year old child. 
So I, I, I would think of Gret- seeing Gretzky play live that very first time. But, I mean, honestly, nothing really jumps off the page for me. Gretzky's big, though. That still, that still counts. The fact that you saw him play and went and watched him, et cetera, et cetera, that factors into the equation of a brush with greatness. It was very well. cool. Uh, I've got a couple more, but uh, and then we're going to go to the inbox. But uh, I have two quick ones for you. One was my own. And, you know, it's been nice enough. It's been awesome through the years to have met via the Vancouver Giants, too, and gotten to talk with guy, Pat Quinn. You have to chat with him or up in Ron Toigo. Ron Toigo. Uh, but you go up in, into his uh, suite at the Coliseum at the time, and Pat Quinn would be sitting there in High Brook when you walk in. or something, You were stunned that I knew your name. There's Pat Quinn's. There's the Bublays. Is there a bigger star on the planet at this point that I would have bumped into than a Michael Bublé? And I got a chance to talk to him last week. Uh, and he instigated, which was even cooler, at the uh, Vancouver Giants Legends press conference. And I've met Michael before as well, but it, when he actually comes up to sort of say hello to you, it's like, holy, you know, I'm actually not bothering him this time coming up. So that was really cool. But my biggest, I think, back in the 80s, my good buddy Dan Russell and I were on a driving road trip down to Los Angeles, and we went, nothing was bigger in life than this to me, by the way. We went to an L.A. Kings game. And at the time, Charlie Simber's playing for the LA Kings. And Charlie Simber is married to a Playboy playmate named Terry Wells. And she is easy on the eyes. And she's at the game. And as Dan and I are walking towards the locker rooms and from the concourse level at the Fabulous Forum, you had to take a stairwell down to the locker room. And I happen to see there's Terry Wells. And I know where the, and she's walking towards the door that takes you down the stairs. I know where the stairs are, but I'm thinking this is my opportunity. So I go, oh, excuse me, miss. Do you know, is this the door that will take you down to the locker room? Yes, it is, says a smoke show, Terry Wells. And Brooke says, well, thank you very much. And follow her down the stairs towards the locker room area. At the time, as a young guy in his 20s, no bigger moment for me than I spoke to, and she spoke back, this smoke show Googler, folks, Terry Wells. So Dan's, tough to beat. Tough to beat Dan's pick is hockey legend Gordie yeah, Howe, yeah. and your pick is a Playboy Playmate? Oh, Google. <laughs> Do the Google. And I was like, now it Not even be. the athlete? Brooks like, you know what? There yeah. was this one time. Yeah, I know. I know. Of everything, it was like, Wow. And uh, and then who who's the local model or the local playmate too? Now it was at CJOR in the '80s, and uh, Hugh Hefner married the Vancouver model. Can't remember her name now. That's bad. But she was in for an interview. Wh- wh- whatever her name was, she married Hef. She did okay when it, they got divorced. And uh, I wish I could remember her name. She's probably listening right now. Hello to you. T- text us your name, will you? At six fifty, six fifty. And uh, I intentionally went into the. That's green. a dangerous question to ask this text inbox. By the way, you're not. Don't don't get Dollywalls. You're gonna get some odd names coming I'm, in. I'm here. not gonna read them, but uh, but anyway, uh, if the right name comes through, then I'll know. And I could just Google that myself, I guess. But anyway, and then I went into the green room as she was waiting to go on to do an interview, just for no reason at all. I actually just walked up and said, "Hi, how are you?" Fine, she said. I said, "I just wanted to come in and, and meet you and say hello." Okay, and that was the end of the conversation, and I was gone. Uh, but that was a moment. But I got one other one for you that involved Dan Russell, and I wasn't involved in this, but it's just my funny brush with greatness. Russell was at uh, the P&E in the, uh, uh, when, I think during the NHL All-Star break, and it was in Vancouver that year. And Russell's at the 98, maybe. He's at the uh, P&E doing his sports talk show live, and Mike Keenan's one of his guests. So they do the interview. After the interview and the show ends, Mike says, hey, I'm looking for a ride back to the hotel or wherever he's staying in downtown Vancouver from the P&E. Well, Dan's got a buddy with him. And so Dan and his friend say, okay, we'll give you a ride. He said, 
Keenan got in the back seat. My friend and I are in the front seat. He said all the way back, Keenan was leaning in between the two seats like a little kid to keep the conversation going between us. He said at times I had to sit back. I got Mike Keenan in my back seat, and he's leaning in in between the seats to keep the conversation going with us. Oh, if I had a camera. And I thought that was kind of a cool brush with greatness. And that's where I come from. And Keenan didn't yell at him, and he didn't bench him. He didn't throw him. He's a nice guy. And Keenan was a nice guy until he got behind a bench. Uh, to the inbox here. This is our buddy, Matt, Minor Matt, who seems to have a lot of jobs. He's done a lot of things. He says, I watched William Shatner blow a gasket for being hauled back to security because there was a bottle of water in his bag and employees were checking that bag and he forgot to uh, not take it with him. He said it was, it was amazing. The manager at the time got demoted. The employee got suspended for two weeks. Matt said he worked out there at YVR. Because Shatner blew a gasket because they wanted to confiscate his water. I don't know if that sounds like the guy Captain Kirk to me, Dan O'Connor. That'd be Captain yeah. Kirk right there. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's sort of one of those things where you, you, you fast realize, and, and, and Brooke, you, you've probably noticed this too, but I mean, when you do run into dignitaries and guests, I mean, you, you, you do fast realize more often than not that they are just real people. And I mean, part of the, the shtick with, with being in our business is, you know, when you've got a Michael Buble or you've got, you know, a Gordie Howe coming on your show, I mean, it's, you've got a you you have to sort of push the shell shockedness to the side sometimes and and do your job and it's it's sort of one of those things where where sometimes you you sort of catch these people just being human like the rest of us you know forgetting a bottle of water in your bag or you know just trying to go out and enjoy a, a nice meal somewhere so yeah uh, i mean probably not william shatner's finest moment but i'm sure he's mm. had a few choice altercations over the years he went all jt miller on the staff out That's there That's right because it was a bottle of water even though shatner was in the wrong so you got shatner and he's in the wrong cuz he's got the bottle and no, it's not allowed on the flight. And he and he chastises. Of course, I wasn't there, but he apparently, allegedly chastises the staff, blows a gasket, according to Minor Matt, and the staff got suspended and demoted. It's like, okay, well, that's William Shatner. He can do whatever. He's prima donna. Actually, I, I got one that just popped into mind. As many of our listeners know, I played in a touring rock band for many years. I toured across Did Can- you? Canada for about eight years. Yeah, what, yeah. What was, instrument are you? I with? sing and I played piano. Oh. Uh, this was for about eight. eight I'd like to hear that. Can you think? Is no. there a piano here? We're not doing that. Um, but for about eight years prior could, to my radio you could career, sing. I'd, well, I'm not doing that either. Um, but anyways, the story goes: uh, I we used to jam right down on uh, West Hastings in the Canby area, pretty much right by uh, Amsterdam Cafe. We jammed across the street from there. And uh, as we were leaving one night, I heard this band uh, playing above us, and I was like, "Man, that's like the best police cover band." This is like it's a, it was this police cover band. I assume they sounded so good; they sounded exactly like the police. And I asked the security guard as, as I was leaving who they were, and he was like, "No, no, dude, that is the police. They're jamming upstairs right now. They're playing in Vancouver next week, and they've rented out the suite, and they're wow. jamming there all week to prepare for this concert." This was back in like a. It was some. It was sometime between 2006 and 2008. The year is blurry to me, but it was in that area of time where they, when they were they played in Vancouver. I think they played two shows in Vancouver between 2006 and 2008. I can't remember the year. Maybe a listener will remember. But yeah, they they rented out the jam space above ours for an entire week, and I didn't realize this until like the last day they were there. I'd heard them a few times, and finally came to my. <laughs> Those mind. guys sound pretty good. They up sound there. amazing. This guy sounds exactly like Sting. <laughs> like he's the best Sting impersonation I've ever heard. And yeah, the security guard was like, "No, no dude, that's." 
that sting as to please. And I didn't get to meet them. I didn't want to disturb them, but I did walk upstairs and just watched for a little bit. I was like, yeah, that's pr- pretty damn cool. The police are jamming right above us. And uh, and yeah, so that, that that one comes to mind. That's that's pretty wild. Reminds me of, uh, and someone has told me, Kimberly Conrad was the Vancouver well, that's the one you were thinking of? playmate that ultimately married. I just went and stood and watched her for a while, too. So I, I can kind of relate to what you did with you know, Sting and the rest of the police. I just want to make sure I throw that in there. Uh, Leaf says he saw, look what the show has morphed into. Ask us anything. It's ask I mean, us it is Ask Friday. Anything Friday. This is the, the most kind bizarre of, of all the days, yes. Okay. Uh, Leaf says 25 years ago, he passed a, there's nothing bigger than this. Well, jogging around Burnaby Lake, he passed a young Don Taylor. I would think also jogging. That, 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 it doesn't get bigger than that. Does that count? It counts. It's a great, it's a brush with greatness right there. How much bigger could it get? Uh, Then Kimberly Conrad, and there's where I go. Kim Conrad, and I'm going, Terry Wells, those are where I come from. That's what I'm up to. Uh, Dano, you got anything else in the inbox you want to throw at me, buddy? Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at a couple of these ones here. This would be a cool one. Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, this is a, an unsigned texter, oh, but uh, the uh, the morning show is... Um, I can't take him. Uh, I, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to meet Gordon Ramsay, as long as he's not yelling at me for, for an yeah. item that I'm cooking. I'm but, sure um, he's different in person, obviously. That's a television persona, but I can't watch that show. It's the same show every week. He just yells yeah. at people who are cooking. They cry, then they cook, and it's like... Like like many of the other repetitive shows that are on every week. Do you need to see a Bachelor every three months or something? Haven't we seen this before? But anyway, that's pretty good pull there. Uh, you know what? Yeah, and, and again, it's an unsigned texter, but um, I guess this texter's mom worked at a restaurant in North Van. Jagerhof, uh, great, great German restaurant. I don't know if it's still oh, okay. there or not, but it was awesome. You better do the schnitzel well if Ramsey comes in. That's a lot of pressure, I would imagine, on the cook. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I, I mean, you see these videos. It of is still there. Going online, tr- trying to uh, you know make their meal, and 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 he sort of watches it and and provides his commentary. That that would be a pressure cooker scenario, definitely. Uh, North Creek Dan uh, ran into Pavel Bure in downtown Vancouver when I was around eight years old. Peak Russian rocket had a nice car and a rocket with him yes. as well. I think Pav did okay with the ladies in Vancouver and elsewhere too, and Akordakova, etc. So Pavel's probably still doing well with the ladies. Uh, unsigned, I wish. Maybe it's the same person who saw Don Taylor. I saw Rick Dollywall. These guys are getting a lot of press. I saw Dollywall picking up a prescription at the Savon Foods in South Surrey. He's shorter than you'd think. Uh, the only famous person he's met, Dolly's not that short, he's not that tall. Not that sure. None of us are but that. He, well, Dan might be. O'Connor might be. But um, it's a short industry, you know radio industry. A lot of short people go into it for some reason. R- really, just nice to see that the, the Dolly Wall is just an everyman. You know, go goes yeah. out and and gets his own prescriptions and and there buys his know. own groceries. You would think. Uh, I've you know, ironically enough, I've also had a a, a grocery store parking lot uh, run in with Dolly Wall. Really. I have. Well, that was huge. I think he just hangs out there to, for some people will run into him. So like, oh, yeah, it's me. Hey. I hear you. <laughs> Dolly's a great guy, too. But uh, Fantastic. Yeah. And nobody, I haven't met anybody who, everybody loves Dolly. I haven't met anybody who doesn't love Dolly. Uh, Daryl, back to my day, 1986. Busboy at 86th Street Music Hall, back in the day. Uh, backstage, I got to merge in a party with Celine Dion as she was starting out her career. Uh, 
just if I knew them. I don't understand that part of it. I shouldn't have read it. Anyway, Celine Dion for Daryl back at 86th Street. They used to get some acts at 86th Street back during Expo in particular. It was the place to be. And they had some great acts back there. Celine Dion can't do much, much better than that. And uh, I've met, well, not met, but a 20-year-old Mike Reno came in and rented a car from us back at that Dominion New Drive location once. And he was standing in there on uh, renting a car. I remember looking up, it's Mike Reno. That guy sings. Uh, so things like that. Things like that, man. Uh, Surrey Ryan weighing in here uh, chatted up Halle Berry at a restaurant in downtown Vancouver many years ago. Really? She was with her assistant. Don't recall what movie she was here shooting. Doesn't matter. Just looked just as pretty in person. Shot his shot and was shot down. <laughs> no, no regrets from Surrey Ryan. That is a great, great submission. Took a shot. It's Halle Berry, whatever. I'm, you got to take your shot. A lady who just never ages. She just always looks the same all the time. Halle Berry must eat well. Uh, someone else said, I ran into Don Taylor at a Coquitlam wave pool. <laughs> People are liking. <laughs> the most random place to meet him. I know. Donnie loves the wave pools. You know, always there. Trying to Seasons pass. He's got a season pass. Uh, Dan a, a from... A wave pool enthusiast. Yeah. Yes. You know, he's everywhere, man. He, he travels around the world and ranks them all. Well, he's got, he had, he's got he's kids. He's got a wave pool And they were book. younger, too. He probably has one in the backyard. Those guys, they're hobnobbing. People drive Donnie around. Uh, Dan from yeah, Vancouver. Uber drivers. <laughs> saw, uh, saw and met Brett Hull, Marty McSorley, at a bar in Vancouver. Brett was very cool. Asked about Lindros' rookie year in the league. McSorley was holding court with five babes at a table. McSorley, uh, I haven't met Brett necessarily. Interviewed him, I'm sure, in a locker room every now and then. But uh, McSorley, I've had a chance. The guy who clubbed Brashear across the head. And you're going, what the? But the uh, speaking of moments, but uh, he was the nicest guy. Soft-spoken, all this stuff. And speaking of McSorley with five babes at a table, McSorley was sitting out a game in the press box in Vancouver, talking with Tony Gallagher, and I was over talking to Tony, and Tony introduced me to Marty, and somehow the topic came up, and and something Tony said something like, yeah, Marty's he's pretty shy with the ladies, and Marty started laughing. So you got the feeling that Marty did okay with the ladies. And he had the the long hair and all that stuff going with Marty, and the blonde and all that. It was Marty. He definitely had the 80s look down. He had it pat, man. Oh, to be, oh, to be, uh, have, be Marty McSorley for one night. Uh... Text message inbox for us, 650-650, a presentation of Dunbar Lumbar. And it's Ask Us Anything, and this is kind of a, a – kind of, oh, here's one for you. Adam, the former bath guy. So Ask Us Anything. Hands down, biggest celebrity meeting, the Moj. It's all this 1040 alumni. Those are the people's big meeting. The Moj. That's a big meeting. Who's coming up later on in the show. He is, too. 8 a.m., Ask Moj this question. Who's your biggest celebrity meeting? I mean, he's oh, probably – Probably got a few stories for you. You send Mo, you've heard as well, but Moj knows, and Chris Burns, good buddy of uh, the former CFL or two, Chris Burns, good uh, a friend of mine, a great friend of Moj's as well. He has been telling me you, Moj knows everybody. Oh, he does. His his uh, Super Bowl shows are legendary. Like the guests he would get on his shows. Oh like, yeah. All, all of a sudden, just like John Madden appears. You're just like, what? How do you know these people? He gets he, like, these Moj people, knows man. literally. Everybody in football. Oh, his Super Bowl stuff, incredible. He knows these guys. And Burns, he was telling me that they were down there one time at the Super Bowl. And uh, Chris Berman was walking by and Moj in a car. And Chris looks over. Hey, Moj, how you doing? Hey, Chris, want a ride? Okay. And Chris Berman, hey, Moj. People know Moj. People love Moj. 
Hands down, it's the Moj, Adam, the former bath guy, says. Uh, I walked in, I walked right by Arnold Schwarzenegger on Robson about 25 years ago. His bodyguard was a foot taller than him, says the texture. I don't think Schwartzy's very tall. These guys, Claude Van Damme and all these guys too, Dan, you would tower over them. These guys are short people. A lot of short. Tom Cruise, short. Pacino. Short. Very short. Look good on camera, I think. is the Short people look are easy to frame on camera, I would guess. There's got to be a reason for that. Uh, do you guys, have you heard of this? Andy, you're the, the singer in the group. Back in 80, Ed in Kelowna, back in 89, I was a singer in a metal band. Oh, Ed, send me pictures. 89, I was five years old. So, okay. I mean, I, but then, before but, my time as a musician, I Yeah, I'm just, well, I don't know where he's going. I haven't read it. But well, he said, headlining at Club Soda, no longer here, I think. Metal Monday, part of my shtick was to go into the crowd with a wireless mic, go, uh, got to the back and came upon Vince Neal, who was recording Dr. Feelgood at the time. Uh, Vince bought me a shooter at the back bar and gave me a hug. Well, Vince. He's very, he's very, he does well with the ladies too, and the men. Uh, Vince is a good. Dano, and anything leaping out at you as we close out hour one? No, I, I mean it's no. Uh, what do you mean no? Well, well, it's it's sort of one of these things where you, you know you just sort of never know where the show can go. Uh, ask us anything, please. Get your submissions in as we've got two more hours to go. Uh, Sevi Ballesteros in his hometown in Spain on a night out, which was unforgettable. That's an unsigned texter. Uh, Tavi on the text line saying lots of lady talk and not enough Canucks talk. Yeah, well, we're getting there, and we've been there already. you got to join us at 6 a.m., buddy. And it is what? Ask us anything Friday. Anything could happen. Uh, Evander Kane, someone said he met. No brush with greatness, but he'd had a couple, and he's wearing a velvet tracksuit. Evander Kane in a velvet tracksuit. What more could you want? Uh, who is coming up next? I've lost my sheet. Brady Henderson, ESPN Seahawks reporter. He'll be joining you, buddy. us. Thing, I'm getting so confused. Brady Henderson. Talking some Seahawks in a moment. More Canuck talking chatter as we move through the day as well. Ask us anything. Friday, 6.50, 6.50 in the Dunbar Lumber text inbox. I'm Brooke Ward. That's Dan. That's A-Dog. This is Sportsnet 6.50. You're listening to the best of the day. I say you, you the best. Halford and Bruff.